Celebrating 35 years of creativity and collaboration, the Vail Dance Festival returns July 28th through August 7th with 12 thrilling performances and numerous special events, including live podcast recordings of conversations on dance all across the beautiful Vail Valley. Don't miss the legendary Martha Graham Dance Company, LA Dance Project, Music from the Soul, Ballet X, Dance Aspen, and an all-star cast of festival artists from New York City Ballet, American Ballet Theater, the Royal Danish Ballet, Boston Ballet, and many more. Tickets for our live podcast recordings are now available at veildance.org slash conversations dash on dash dance, or click the link in the show notes. Tickets for festival performances are also available now at veildance.org. See you this summer. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Rebecca King-Ferraro. And I'm Michael Sean Breeden. And you're listening to Conversations on Dance. This week on Conversations on Dance, we are joined by Savannah Green, dancer with Ballet X. Savannah was born and raised in New York City, receiving her initial dance training from Manhattan Youth Ballet. In 2017, she graduated from University of California, Santa Barbara, with a BFA in dance and a minor in political science. She has been a member of Ballet X since 2020. Savannah has been going to the Vail Dance Festival since she was about 11 and has now participated in the festival as an artist and a member of Ballet X for the past several years. We chat with Savannah about her training, her love for dance, discovering her home with Ballet X, and her years of experience at the Vail Dance Festival. See Savannah and Ballet X on stage at the Villar Performing Arts Center this August 6th at 6 p.m. Tickets available at veildance.org. Good morning, Savannah. Thank you so much for joining us. You're someone who's dancing we've loved for so long, and that has been a, a Vail Dance Festival pal of ours. So we're so happy to finally get you on to chat. Thank you so much. It's the very beginning. Very, very honored to be here. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, since the very beginning, our first um, interaction in Vail was we all shared a um, car up the mountain our first year. It couldn't have been 
you you probably went more I've often. been going since I was like 11. <laughs> yeah, that's I was totally yeah, we were definitely going to get to that, that cue. But let's start at <laughs> as we always do at the very 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 beginning. Savannah, when did you first start to take dance lessons or become interested in in ballet or maybe dance in a broader way? Um, so I was one of those kids that started like very, very young. I had uh, a VHS of the Broadway show Cats and I would watch it like religiously, like many days out of the week. And I was like mm-hmm. three or something very little. And I would like crawl around and try to do the thing and try to like slink and dance. And finally, my parents were like, I think it's time she kind of like learns and figures it out in like a a real setting a dance setting um and of course not to mention i grew up with very uh ballet forward family members um heather watson damien wetzel are my aunt and uncle so i grew up going to see new york city ballet from like as early as i can remember so Mm -hmm. all that kind of infused my love of it and just it always felt natural and i always i grew up knowing that this was like a very viable career path Right. Um, That's so cool. How how did they kind of impact your early training? So your parents are seeing like, okay, she's interested in this. And then it must be just so helpful to have someone that can help guide parents because parents, a lot of times if they have a dancer that wants to pursue this, they're not really sure kind of where to start. So what kind of role did they have in like helping you choose your parents choose what school to go to and that sort of thing? Um, honestly, they kind of stayed out of it for a while. Um I first started at Ballet Academy East as a very youngster uh, and just kind of like grew up there for a while um, and then felt like it was kind of time to move on. And as I was growing up, I was getting more and more serious. So I started to feel like, you know, my parents were like very seriously giving me agency to make my own decisions. Um, Mm -hmm. So I was auditioning around and this was pretty much on my own like accord. I was like, this school is not where I see myself thriving anymore. What else is there? So I auditioned for other studios in the city and ended up in Manhattan Youth Ballet. And that was like kind of divine for me because Mm -hmm. it was probably the only place that had a real contemporary and modern emphasis as well Mm -hmm. as giving the uh, balance sheet repertory. And at that point, there was a lot of like French influence as well. So it was kind of giving me this like baseline where I could explore a bunch of different dance routes and it felt the most natural. Mm -hmm. So So it sounds like you were, you were pretty serious from the get go then, right? Is that you were always (laughs) kind of seeing this as like, like maybe there were different versions of the path to a career in dance, but a career in dance was what you were eyeing from the beginning. Yeah. I kind of had like the audacity really early on. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I loved performing from like as soon as I could. So I like started in a Nutcracker. I think I was like six at the Dances Petrelli Nutcracker. And I took it very, very seriously. And I all I did was walk on with like a present or something for like a few mm-hmm. shows. And it was like, I don't know, it felt holy or sacred. It just, it, I knew it demanded like all of me. And I was like mm-hmm. so little and so like <laughs> over the top, but I really like, I appreciated it. I had seen it at its top and I knew, you know, 
I think innately what it kind of demands, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, as uh, Michael said, this is a Savannah Stan podcast. We love your dancing <laughs> and we love seeing you perform and you are such a beautiful performer. Like you can tell that that's something that comes so naturally to you. And so I love to hear that origin of it even coming naturally as a little one. It's so cool to hear that. Is that something that you like worked on a lot or was it just really like the stage is the place I want to be. And then I have to kind of like, cause that's how I was. I was like, I guess I have to take class in order to get on stage. Or were you really like, you like the technique aspect as well? I've always been a performer. Um, mm-hmm. It, yeah, it always felt like that was where I needed to be. So like rehearsal and stuff were just kind of like the vitamins right. and like the broccoli of it. And I oh, got I to like that. do the ice cream. <laughs> um, <laughs> <I love that. laughs> but you know, as, as dancers yourselves, you know, it, does shift when you become a professional and mm-hmm. all of a sudden like the pressure feels completely different. And I, that is something I had to navigate, especially like beginning my real professional career with Ballet X, like virtually and during 2020. So I felt like I kind of had a deficit of professional performing once the world mm-hmm. started opening back up again. And so that is something that I'm working on now as I'm, you know, developing my maturity as a dancer and uh, getting more featured parts and all of that. So there's responsibility and still trying to tap into, you know, the fun of it. And people come to the theater to escape and see something magical. And, you know, that's mm-hmm. a responsibility and a joy to be able to give. Totally. Uh, can we go back to what you were talking about when you sort of um, had an awareness that, I guess, a strict ballet focus wasn't what was going to make you tick? What, what, point was that in your training that you had a hunger for um becoming well versed in other styles um i would say that probably started around middle school towards the end of my middle school and into high school um i also went to laguardia high school for the performing arts so part of that daily curriculum was the martha graham technique and the lester horton technique so not only was that like an interest, but it was something I had to do. I was graded on it. Um, right. So, <laughs> so I did, you know, I had like the bun head mentality in my first gram class and oh my God, my, my gram teacher scared me like no other. And I also really appreciated that because I was like, all dance requires all of you. Like that was kind of the wake up call mm-hmm. that like um, the discipline and, and, uh, you know, attention to detail is not just a ballet thing. And when you grow up in the ballet world, you think ballet is king. Um, So that really developed and blossomed in like my early high school career. And I also had contemporary at Manhattan's Ballet with um, a dancer from Laura Lubavitch, Attila Cheeky, I think that's how you pronounce his name. And he really like rocked my world because it was also the gray space between like these very strict techniques, ballet, Horton Graham, there was like right. the lightness and the floating through lines. Um, and I loved his dancing and I idolized him as a teacher. And I think he really drew that out of me that like, you can do it all. You can have the lines, but you can also have the contraction and you can also, you know, dance <laughs> and flow. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Was that always part of your idea for your career path that you wanted to be in a company where you could really do everything um i guess i didn't know that that was actually a career path until i saw ballet x perform at the veil dance festival um Mm -hmm. because 
in New York City, there is a deficit of contemporary ballet companies, mm-hmm. um, especially yeah. like full-time companies. Mm-hmm. So when I saw performances, really? it was New York City Ballet, it was ABT and it was Broadway mm-hmm. or the Graham Company. You know, they're all very focused. And so I thought, you know, if, if you're not in a ballet company, you're kind of like a freelancer or it's part-time. And then I saw Ballet X perform Matthew Neenan's The Last Glass. And I was like, oh, you can, mm. like, you can do it all. And I, you know, there's women in point shoes in that ballet and there's women in flat shoes. And I was like, I didn't even know that was allowed. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and, like dancing to music that isn't like classical or even like contemporary. It was, it's, it's a uh, Beirut, like it's fun. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was the first time I really saw like really fierce incredible athletic dancing that also was very serious at its core. Mm. And so that was about 2014. So at that point I was in college and that's when I was like, oh, okay, like this can happen in a way that feels natural to me mm. still. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's hear about um, your beginnings at the Vail Dance Festival. You said you've been going since you were about 11. What were some of those <laughs> first years like for you? Obviously at this point by 11, you're already hardcore very serious dancer. Um, but did Vail expose you to things that you weren't aware of yet as an audience member? Yeah, I saw, you know, that everyone at the top of their game. So I felt very spoiled as an audience member. And I also sort of thought that was just like the norm. <laughs> um, I can see that. It's <laughs> like, oh, everyone is just like perfect. Um, <laughs> but I, I remember like, getting this real diverse palette. Um, you know, you're getting like low buck dancing with Tyler Peck. And I was like, Oh, like that exposes yet another facet of dance that I couldn't really articulate at that age. But again, it started to just kind of like feed my sense of you can be like this collage of different types of movement and like textures. Um, and things that come to mind are like, I remember I, I I saw the Graham company. I saw like Ann Souter in Ecstasis and you know, that, oh. that, that teach that like texture. Souter is so beautiful. Yeah. Oh my God. She, yeah. she is everything. So I remember <laughs> yeah, that yeah. solo so distinctly and I was like, Oh, you can be thick, but still have line, um, like thick in uh, movement quality. Right. And, quality, yeah. Uh, you know, and you're seeing like black swan performed by like company members that I haven't seen you know, like Boston ballet dancers, like Misa Kronaga, mm-hmm. she yeah. was very inspirational to me. I was like, even classical ballet looks very natural and easy, mm-hmm. you know, on someone like her. So, you know, that also was like, okay, how do I dance naturally? And again, at that age, I couldn't articulate one lick of anything <laughs> I'm saying, but right. upon reflection, I was like, I was getting all of these qualities. Um, and then also Heather and Damien, very much encouraged me to take class with them in the morning. And Mm -hmm. I think that was probably the scariest thing I'd ever done in my life. Like standing next to like, at that point it was like Wendy Whalen and like Ashley Bowder. And I was like, where, first of all, where do I stand a bar? This is when you were a little baby when you were like, I was like 11 or 12. (laughs) But (laughs) it's also so important to learn. Like every dancer at that level starts like the same way. Mm-hmm. Right. And there was this kind of revelation that like I also take bar every day. Like this is part of my life as well. Um 
and it's good to get nervous and like expose yourself to these scary, scary things at that age. So I feel like that pushed my confidence as a young dancer as well. Mm-hmm. That's so fun. It's kind it's of like, really, that... sorry, go ahead, Mickey. Go, you go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to say, it's like that saying that like everybody puts their pants on the same way, you know, like one leg at a time or whatever. It's like everybody starts ballet class the same way. And no matter like what level you're at, this is like the one thing that kind of brings us together. And so I, I love that idea that you were, and, and I think also it's really important for parents of dancers. Like one thing they can do is help expose their kid if they're able, even through the internet or through live dance to all these different things. Cause look at how much you were seen and how that could influence the way you saw the ballet world and where you wanted to take it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think, especially now, um, as I'm in the throes of my career, I'm realizing the importance of now it's on me to f- see things and find the little pockets of inspiration in whatever city I'm in. So Philly mm-hmm. has, you know, we're super close to New York. So I try to get up to New York quite a bit to see whatever I can. And then things that pass through Philly, like, you know, we get great Broadway shows or even if it's like a comedy show or something like that, you know, just the importance of seeing performances and, understanding their power mm-hmm. um, I think totally. is just from the from when you're little to as long as you're dancing and then far beyond as well yeah right absolutely so what was the first year that you had the opportunity to actually perform at Philly Dance Festival um, I think that was 2019 uh, it was before I joined Ballet X I was at Ballet X as a, a dance fellow so it was kind of like a an apprenticeship that um, at that point. So I was still, I was like kind of on my own, uh, during the summer mm-hmm. and I performed in Merce Cunningham's Antique Meat, um, alongside mm-hmm. pretty much some of the more famous ballet dancers that you could name. So it was near like <laughs> India Bradley and Miriam Miller and Devin Tusher, I think Kennard Henson, Jared Angle, I think Preston Chambly. And then it was me. <laughs> Um, so great. I loved seeing that. It was so great to have you in yeah. too. It was awesome. I had like such a great time. I was beyond nervous. Like I can't <laughs> even express. <laughs> um, but, you know, at that point I had such a deep basis of uh, modern dance. So honestly, like I wasn't really nervous for the dancing. I kind of knew once it started, I would get into it. Mm-hmm. But the idea that I was like, with all these people that I idolize and like became friendly with. And at that point it was probably one of the bigger audiences I had performed with as well. And then not to mention the elevation. So Mm -hmm. a lot of it um, was just a lot of new experiences all tied into one. And I felt very, very lucky. Mm -hmm. I was just trying to remember if Ballet X was there that year. Ballet X was there. Um, They performed the little prince by Annabelle Lopez. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm curious. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Do you feel like being in Vail for so many years prior, did it give you a leg up in any way? Or did it just kind of like ratchet up nerves because you had this place as like such an iconic um, presenter of dance? Yeah, I think it made me more nervous. <laughs> um, <laughs> because like you you had years of being like the 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 uh, altitude is going to kill me. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm watching showing up and be like, "Well, we'll figure it out." Yeah, I'm watching like the people at the top of their game like struggle to breathe. I was like, "Oh, work. Like I can't wait to do that too." Pass <laughs> <laughs> the oxygen. <laughs> but also I had like put it on such a pedestal and seen all these stars that like I kind of never thought it would be possible um, to be in there as well. So that yeah. honor was very not lost on me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember the first time we got to see you dance was in class. And yes. I think this is just always the case. But like, we always loved you as a person. You're just such wonderful. You have a beautiful aura. Let's say I've <laughs> never you. thought of before. <laughs> but you really do. And I feel like um, you always have that question, like, oh, well, like, well, I like their dancing, and you just always do. And I remember Rebecca and I, like, we grabbed each other when you were doing Grand Allegro, and we were like, Savannah's so beautiful. <laughs> oh, thank and you. it was just, it's just such a, there's just nothing better. But it make, always makes me think of this, this Suzanne Farrell quote, how you dance is who you are. So I, I always feel like if you like the person, like, you love who they are as an artist. So we were, mm-hmm. we were so happy once you had that first opportunity, but that hasn't been the only time, obviously, that you've gotten to perform at the festival and you'll be performing again this year mm-hmm. um, as Ballet X is a festival mainstay, comes out uh, nearly every year. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what is on the docket for you in uh, VDF 2023? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> um, we will be performing Justin Peck's Become a Mountain which we performed for the first time in December of last year and now has really entered our repertory. So we tore it. And again, just one of those things, like I couldn't even, I was so excited to learn a Justin Peck work, like just put on the pedestal, like just <laughs> amazing, amazing. Um, so we get to perform that, I think a few times throughout the festival. And it is just like, um, it's an incredible work. It's music by Dan Deacon. Um, it's exciting. It's, you know, Anyways, it's going to be great. Um, it's a sneaker <laughs> ballet, so that's fun too. A little less stressful than the point shoes. Was um, that made for Ballet X? Did he do it for it was, you guys? It was made for, for Juilliard, but I think it's so smart of Christine because Juilliard, you know, being that it's an educational institute, like 
the their rep is constantly turning over. It's not something that you like can make a signature piece, but no, it's not in any other, it might be in an, maybe one other company's rep, but it's, you know, for you guys to kind of claim it as a signature is, is very savvy, I think. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, what else are we doing? Uh, we'll be performing a work by Kylie Kwan called Love Letter that actually has an interesting history. Um, she started creating that for 2020 and it was a film uh, back in the film days. Um, and then <laughs> back in the she, film days, <laughs> I like way that's back the when nicest way anyone's ever said pandemic. <laughs> I'm so tired of the word pandemic. I know, um, right? <laughs> uh, so that, um, and then we performed that as well in December. And that was really interesting because it's a lot of the same music, but she totally re-choreographed it because a, we can partner, we can have mm-hmm. group dances, be, you know, what reads on a camera isn't going to read on stage. So that it, has undergone like a massive facelift and it's a very exciting, great work. Um, Kylie's amazing to work with. Mm-hmm. And I believe, Oh, and then we're doing a new work by Jamar Roberts uh, with music by Philip glass. That is a world premiere that we created, I think about a week ago at this point. Um, <laughs> so many ballets in my head. Uh, sure. And that's our third work with Jamar. And, you know, he is also incredible to work with. Um, He's very measured and very calm and kind of knows what he wants and coaches in a very like image-based way. So that has been inspiring as well. Um, it's very fast work. So it's been pushing us to, you know, get our heart rates up and all that. Um, yeah. And we'll have live music with Brooklyn Rider when we perform that in Vail. So that's another very exciting point. Um and then I think at our night at the Velar, I can't remember. I think that's where we're doing Love Letter. I believe we might be doing um, a work by Jennifer Archibald called Exalt. Um, that's mm. to like all house music, uh, cool. which, yeah, that'll be very fun. And possibly um, something by Amy Hall Garner uh, called Switching the Groove that she just choreographed for our last season. Um, all very exciting, dynamic works. Ugh. I love ballet acts. We love that company. It's so cool. Never dull. This is kind of making me think. So you've already done this new work with Jamar, and it's so there. There's a difference, right? When you're in a company that's coming to Vail, you have a little bit of an advantage in the way that you guys are already in a place together, so you can kind of start working on things ahead of the festival. Versus when you're a festival artist, like you've also been in the past, where it kind of t- most of the work really happens when we're there because that's when everybody's kind of together. So can you compare and contrast kind of those two experiences like coming as a company member of Ballet X and then also as an individual dancer? Yeah, I think um, there is the advantage of like also you're performing with people, you know, mm-hmm. so there is that comfort on stage by the time you get there. And of course the time, of it. So, you know, we've had weeks to work on it and we'll be able to work on it before we get there. Um, whereas last year I came without the company and I worked with Efrat Sherry mm-hmm. on a world premiere and that, um, we had like maybe one rehearsal that I could make. I also, I was in Philly at that point and pretty much everyone right. else in that cast was in New York. In New York. Right. So I was able to come up for about one rehearsal and then I was like, see you in the mountains. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, it, it's a different type of stress, but, you know, under that kind of pressure, like everyone kind of has to crack open a little bit. Um, so we all kind of pushed ourselves. We had to work faster and we're putting on a new style, 
um, which, you know, was more in like the hip hop realm, mm-hmm. um, which for some of us was a little foreign. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like, I think it was me, Preston and Kennard were like the ballet people. Right. And we were like, because, ah! <laughs> um, you know, you just have like, the difference in time and exposure is just greatly reduced. So I tried to take like some hip hop classes before I went to the festival just to even like bend my legs in a more grounded way, as opposed to like a contemporary Mm -hmm. ballet dancer. Um, Mm -hmm. So that it took a little more self-work to get myself to be in a more confident place by the time I got to the festival. Um, But yeah, it's, you know, it's just a different type of pressure, you Mm -hmm. know, the audience knows that this has come together in a short amount of time and they're kind of along the journey with you. Whereas when you come with the work that's been created for a few weeks, there's a different type of pressure where you're like, this should probably be ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. But I I feel like you seem like someone who is comfortable outside of your comfort zone or that that makes you take a little bit, you know, that that's something that, you like to push yourself in that capacity. Yeah. I I always think um, there is something new to unlock. And uh, there was something I learned from that process with Efrat, which was um, uh, one of the first things that Heather said to me after the show was, you're so hot. (laughs) And I was kind of taken aback, but I was like reflecting on that. And how that can be a power that it doesn't necessarily come out in a ballet class or like our bread and butter, like a matinee and work where, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's communicating something different. So there was something I learned from like being able to get into a different rhythm or like get down and kind of like, it's a lot more fun and you're connecting differently with an audience or the fellow dancers and, you know, using your hips in a totally different way than I, I really only knew how to like contract them, right? Like right. in my Martha days. And then I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> if I tune it out that way, like that communicates something different. So it was interesting to, right. you know, place my knowledge in different lenses. That's so good. I love it. Right. Yeah. Well, we can't wait to see you on stage this summer. And we know the audiences will just enjoy you and Ballet X so much. And so we can't wait to see you in the mountains. Yay. I can't wait either. <laughs> yes. Thanks so much for joining us, Savannah. And we hope that everyone in the color in the state of Colorado or you know, not, <laughs> or not the whole in the country. State of, get your ticket. Get on a plane. Get on, get on a, plane. a plane to see Savannah. It's hashtag Savannah stands. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Thank All right. You so Thanks much. so much. Thank you so much, guys. See you soon. Conversations on Dance is part of the ACAST Creator Network. For more information, visit conversations on dance pod pod.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.